I'm Jennifer Baskerville Burroughs, and I'm in Indianapolis. I'm Brian Sowers Peterson, and I'm from Roslyn, Washington. And I'm Jerusalem Greer. I am in Greenbrier, Arkansas. And this is Spade, Spoon, Soul, a podcast about all the ways our food intersects with our faith, from seed to spade to spoon. Today, we have a special guest with us, and his name is Derek Weston, which you might be familiar with. He is our producer. Derek Weston is a former Presbyterian minister who, for the last few years, has been involved in community-based organizing work in the city of Baltimore, which I'm sure he'll tell us a little bit more about. Um, He manages the Rock Rose Community Farm. He has a Master's of Divinity from the San Francisco Theological Seminary and a certificate in health ministry from Wesley Theological Seminary um, and a whole host of other like credentials and things that we'll put in the show notes. But one of the things that's uh, most important for us and for our work is that Derek is the co-host of what we consider to be like our inspiration, our sister podcast, um, the Food and Faith podcast. And he also oversees a project called Stories of Food and Faith. Um, which this podcast happens to be a part of. He and his wife, Shannon, have four kids, and they live outside outside Baltimore. And we're just so excited to have him here with us today. So I'm going to turn it now over to Bishop Jennifer to kind of get him started on our questions. We are so delighted that you are our guest today, Derek. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I just know you've been a lot of places. I want to follow up with you because I think we've been in some of the same places, different times. But the question we love starting this podcast off with is the question that um, really is one that inspires us and roots us. So tell us, where are you rooted? What place or community is are you planted in right now? Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you for having me on. I'm I'm glad that I get to be uh, among your first guests. Um, I am rooted in, currently rooted in uh, Baltimore, uh, Maryland. And um, it's it's weird to say that I'm rooted here. I, I moved here in 2015 and it, it just feels like it's it was it was just yesterday. And yet as I look down, I realize that I have all these relationships, all these connections in this city um, that that are that are meaningful and life giving. Um, prior to Baltimore, what, what I consider home, the place that uh, that I was born is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, so that's where that's where my my deep roots are are from P- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And you know, I think um, one of the things that, as I think about what where i'm rooted and what has rooted me has been these these kind of blue collar cities um that have um these uh, just kind of uh no nonsense but also a small town feel um they have your big city amenities but they also have this these kind of working class um, attitudes and and you really can connect very easily in both cities and so uh, not so big that you get lost but uh, not so small that you're losing out on and on culture and and things like that so um, those are really that's really where I'm rooted I'm rooted by those sorts of um, 
those sorts of mid small mid-size uh blue collar rust belt kind of cities um okay so that's interesting derek so you're from you're rooted in these kind of rust belt cities real blue collar so how then does how does creation nourish your soul um especially coming from that sort of rootedness where you know i don't even know what the creation is like in in those areas (laughs) having never lived in the rust belt um yeah how does it nourish your soul how did it as a kid or how'd you find your your way to the work you do now yeah, I think I think growing up in those kinds of places, creation actually becomes a place of respite. Um, it becomes those places where you're getting away from work, you're getting away from school, you're getting away from the hecticness, and 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 creation becomes a part of your leisure and a part of your rejuvenation. And and I I, I think about that more now as I've gotten older. Of you know, uh, Pittsburgh has the three rivers that meet and and the the confluence at the point where the Allegheny and Monongahela form the Ohio and and on a nice summer day you see uh boaters going up and down the up and down the river um you you know for a lot of families going away to the lakes of driving up to Lake Erie or uh lots of folks spend time in the woods lots of camping around um you know whitewater rafting a little farther south of the city and so nature um creation was was always kind of this idea of it's always kind of this idea of creations where you where you plug back in to get away from work um so it's interesting that that creation is now more central to my work and but even even in that i i think i think it's it's one of those things where i've never really lost that aspect of being in creation that even when i'm working in the garden even when i'm working in in uh, and my the community garden i help to manage um there's I, I still can't let go of that element of there is something happening here that is recharging me there is something here that is um uh you know I, I sometimes feel like i have a solar panel in the back of my head that there's there's something about the sun beating down on me that just gives me a little bit more a little bit more pep in my step and i i just think that there is something that that I feel more alive when I'm in, when I'm out in creation. I love that. I think my husband has that same solar panel. (laughs) In the back of his head. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, the nourishment of our souls is not the only nourishment we're talking about today. And I think Brian's got a question for you next. Yeah, I got a, I got a question. Um, I know you like food. Um, and, uh, so what is the dish or the food, the meal that just brings a sigh of ecstasy and enjoyment? Well, I, I will tell you this time of year. Uh, so we're, we're recording in, in late summer right now. And this time of year, anything I can make on my grill anything I can make in my smoker. Um, in fact, when we, when we get done here, I'm, I'm about to throw some, throw some salmon on the smoker and smoke some salmon. <laughs> Brian has this wonderful hat that has this, uh, has this, uh, uh, this, that feels like an ode to pork. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of great. Um, but, but that's, that's what it is for me. Like, you know, standing in front of the grill and, and, um, 
And, and I, you know, I will I will even, you know, for our, our, I'm sure you have some vegetarian listeners here. Uh, even veggies off the grill, I think are better. I think veggies are better off the grill. Um, so anything that I can throw on the grill, anything that I can throw on the smoker is just going to just gonna like, I just I love that smoky char that that just uh, that just you know I, I i long for during the winter months i long for that time when i can get outside and and just just uh, you know throw something on the grill uh that 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 does my heart good i love that i i'm envisioning you derek having a being a fire sign between the the solar panels <laughs> <laughs> It's all cohering for me. Oh my goodness, I have a thousand questions all of a sudden for you. So we're gonna, I'm gonna try and restrain myself. And um, because I had this image of, I didn't, I don't think I knew that the Ohio went to, through Pittsburgh. And I am on the Ohio River here in Indiana all the time. And, you know, creation, the way, the, the places of connection wind their way through the, the landscape, literally. Um, so just love that. But what I want to know about right now is about this documentary that you've recently released that features some folks from both the Food and Faith podcast, but also from the Episcopal Church. So I love that kind of collaborative, ecumenical spirit we have going. So tell us about that project, who's in it, and and what you're hoping to achieve with the film. Yeah, so in 2019, um, I, I started... Uh, working on the Food and Faith podcast, first as an editor and then later as one of the co-hosts. And with Sam Chamberlain and a couple of other friends, started having some conversations of, we love telling these stories over the podcast, but wouldn't it be great if we could tell them visually, like through a documentary? And uh, my undergrad was in film, and so that that's kind of a, a natural predilection for me anyway. I was like, yeah, I want to be able to see some of these things. And so we got this group of people together, uh, about, about six to eight of us, who every week would talk about what is this story, where we would, where would we go, how do we want to shape this? Um, and it was a lovely collaborative process. And we started 2020 thinking, all right, we are we are gung ho, ready to go out and film this project. Um, then you may have heard that there was a global pandemic in 2020, and uh, that kind of threw a wrench in our our plans. Um, but we still wanted to tell the story, and and we decided that we were going to let the pandemic actually kind of shaped the story. So what we did was we identified four places that we could go. Um, I should say at this point, uh, we brought my friend Jason, who's a great filmmaker into this process. Um, and he was so enthusiastic and, and brought all of his creativity and all of his gifts to it. And we decided to make the story about four ministries and how they shifted during the pandemic, how these 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 um, these creation based farm based ministries shifted during during COVID. So what's featured in uh, the 15 minute version that is out now, um, the the film is called A Wilderness Like Eden um, Stories from the Christian Food Movement. And that's a reference to Isaiah, um, a wilderness like Eden. Um, 
but uh, what's so what's featured in in the film are four four ministries: um, the Black Church Food Security Network uh, and Reverend Dr. Heber Brown III out here in Baltimore, who's just an amazing man. Uh, Sam Chamberlain, my co-host uh, on the Food and Faith podcast uh, out in uh, Westminster, Maryland. Um, Nuria Love Parish, uh, one of one of your own, uh, out in Michigan, and um, and then uh, Venus uh, Venus Williams in uh, Alice's Garden in Milwaukee, and um, it, it it turned into it wasn't it wasn't exactly the story that we had planned to tell, but it became. Uh, in some ways, something better because what what resulted was these these four great minds and great practitioners who do this work of growing food and feeding communities, scrambling because of the pandemic, but in the midst of it, doing reflection on on our reality and the ways that COVID. Um, highlighted some of the realities that we live with and and ending on this actually really hopeful note that uh, the pandemic could be the beginning of us getting our values recentered and reoriented to where they need to be. Um, I was surprised once when we had sort of our finished piece, like, how hopeful this pandemic story was um, when we when we actually got to look at the stories and listen to the stories and say everyone's kind of saying the same thing about not going back to normal of of forging ahead with a faithful new normal um, with a with new sets of values with new set of direction. Um, that was really encouraging to kind of hear it come, you know, in, in harmony from four different voices, that narrative of there's a new way forward that we all should be pursuing and we shouldn't be so anxious to go back to the old ways. So that's, that's what the film is. Um, And it's, it's currently, you can, you can see it. It's on YouTube right now and um, you can go to Enco's films. um, And by the time this episode comes out, um, foodandfaith.org will be launched and you'll be able to watch the film there as well. Well, that's so exciting, Derek. And I'm sure we'll be able to post a link in our show notes here and make sure that folks can find the film from a variety of ways. I had the pleasure of um, being on a, convening a group of pastors from around the country to talk about buildings primarily. And uh, Dr. Heber Brown III was one of the guests on that forum. And I just need to say to you all, he just turned the whole thing around. He took a, a, a conversation and organization situated about buildings and had us completely rethink the land. And so, and see land as an asset that some of our churches have, even if they've got just a postage stamp, bit of land and what they can do. So what I love about the podcast is, I mean, the, the documentary is that you are profiling not just folks who are on expansive pieces of land in farm country like Nuria Love Parish, but you've got someone who's who says anybody in an urban area or whatever piece of um, real estate you've got hold of in any way can be connected to the soil and to eating healthily and to 
thinking about what this means as you are um, living out your faith life. So inspiring. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 good at that. Um, but but he's absolutely right, and and I think it's he's he along with many others right now are calling us to think more faithfully about our land. And I think it's a question that, you know, when, when for a lot of us, uh, we spent a year and a half with our church buildings empty, we have a lot of questions that we need to be asking ourselves about what is the faithful use of land. Yeah. And I think it's especially important for what we call mainline churches or old line churches because we own a lot of land yep now how we got our hands on that land is a whole other conversation of which we'll be a part of but how do we steward that land and you know is is really important and you know i guess i need to join with jennifer and shout out Heber Brown, because I took a class from him, online class in January on the Black uh, Church and Food and Faith um, uh, that he just rocked it. Um, and um, so he's definitely on our list, I think, for a future episode. Heber um, is along a with, great thinker. Along with Nuria, along with Venus, I mean, she, what she's doing in Milwaukee is phenomenal. Um, Nuria, of course, but uh, you got a great group together, and you know uh, we want to see Sam's pigs, or at least him talking about his pigs. Um, speaking of pork, yeah, Sam um, loves his loves his pigs. So I I, I noticed uh, so the, the video the the film is 15 minutes, and it says spring. Yes. That this uh, gives me hope that there are other seasons and other segments coming. Is that true? That is that is my hope as well. Um, okay. I'm hoping that we'll be able to. With this this really was a passion project, and we did this on a shoestring. I would really love to be able to get the resources together to be able to do a summer, a fall, and a winter because I I really. Um, I really do have the beginnings of of thinking of like what is the what is the summer story, what is the fall story, what is the winter story, and and I would love to be able to tell those things. So so we 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 intentionally called it episode one as an act of faith that that there will be future episodes, and so um, I'm I'm hoping that we can make that happen because there's and and not just and and the hope is that that episodes 2 and beyond will will feature other ministries that are other food based and, and and farm garden church ministries because there as you all know and as you all are doing a, a great job of connecting people um there are so many of us out there who care about this, who are doing this work. And I, you know, my conviction right now is I want to tell as many of these stories as possible. And I want, I want these stories to be spread far and wide. And I don't have any grand illusions that, you know, all of the old ways of of our mainline churches will change, but I I do believe that hearing these stories and telling these stories can be transformative for the church. And so I, I want to actually just thank you all for being partners in telling these stories because we we need this is a this is a thing that we need to just 
put our energy into and say, this is what the church is about. I want to get to the place where people, where when you tell someone that you're a Christian, they say, oh, what are you growing? Like, I, that's, that's really where I'm, I'm, I want to see, uh, where I want to see some of this start to go. But so, Derek, can I ask, I want to delve in um, to a, perhaps an adjacent question, because when I think about this whole conversation around um, growing food, cooking it, nourishing a community, nourishing our souls, connecting, connecting it to our faith life, um, and I'm still getting to know you on this podcast as we go. So I noticed that you moved to Baltimore in 2015, which was a, a pivotal mm-hmm. year yeah. there. And, you know, the notion I have is that this conversation and, and sharing these stories is not just about the stories in and of themselves, it's because we're trying to nourish communities to be out there doing transformative work. And so yeah. I wonder what brought you to Baltimore and whether it had anything to do with some of the the work going on on the ground um, related to Freddie, Freddie Gray and any of that, or if that impacted you as you arrived at all. You know, so it's so interesting. It, I, I I moved to Baltimore two months before the Freddie Gray incident happened, and I I came to Baltimore for a community organizing job. So I was already in a place where I was thinking about community organizing, and then this event happened, and I watched the way that resources got uh, reallocated and and um, and spent and. Uh, transferred based off of what happened and and uh, it was a really fascinating time to be in Baltimore it was a really fascinating time and it was a really fascinating time to be new to Baltimore because I was getting to know the city in the midst of this this giant upheaval Um, but one of the things I love about about this city is Baltimore is a hard city there's a there's no doubt about it but people don't have their heads buried in the sand. And so whether or not their endeavors may ultimately be successful, everyone's thinking about what do we do to make this a better place to live? What do we do to improve our communities? And 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 that's the churches, that's the organizers, that's the schools. Um, you even see it in a lot of the corporations. Um, so I there's there's something telling there for me um when 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 you actually get people who um are willing to say um we're not okay with the way things are and they feel empowered to do something about it like that's that's what baltimore is um so, so are you throwing seeds of hope i mean it's i mean because the piece that you're in while you're on this podcast and the food and faith i mean i just think th- these sources of hope and nourishment are just everywhere at least the metaphors are do you see those connecting well and and i think what's what's happening is is that people are looking at the abandonment they're looking at the empty lots they're looking at the empty buildings and they're looking at them with new eyes and they're looking at them with imagination and they're looking at them as you know when when you get to the place where it's now become uh 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 such a common thought 
that an abandoned piece of land can be turned into a raised bed garden. Um, like that's that's the beginning of, of of a transformative attitude in the city. And again, it's not it's not something that's going to happen overnight, but it but it's the beginning of people thinking about how they can be a part of change in their communities and what and thinking about what change looks like in their communities and and you know embracing that there can be something better that there can be something hopeful and that and that they deserve to have beautiful things in their communities and that they deserve to have healthy food in their communities um, that that's not just for other people wow that's great thank you well I know I speak for the others on this podcast, but we can't wait for our general convention in Baltimore next year. Um, so we can eat barbecue with you and go <laughs> see some awesome, you know, urban agriculture that's going on in your community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we hope to um, stay tuned to those who are listening. We hope to have some announcements about Good News Gardens and um interactions and pilgrimages while we're at general convention so we'll we'll and Derek will definitely be a part of that um we plan to rope him into all of our episcopal shenanigans so um <laughs> well, no you know if we get if we get heber involved then i think we're in trouble yeah well, i mean good trouble good, good trouble, good trouble. <laughs> well Derek, thank you so much for being with us um i love what you're talking about about community organizing and that when people see empty lots now, like the, the question just immediately kind of becoming, well, could that be a garden? Could that be, you know, this or that? Um, if folks out there, one of the questions we wanna ask our guest is about resources. I'm a huge, I'm a formation person. So I'm a huge person about, you know, all about resources. So if someone is like, I wanna start looking into what it takes to do this work um, and to begin to look at space differently or to look at community organizing um, differently. What's a resource that you love? Like what's the thing you can't help but recommend to everybody? Mm. That's a good question. Um, so I would say uh, Leah Penniman's Farming While Black is a great book to read. Um, it's a, it's a wonderful resource. Um, and uh, I would also recommend Nuri Love Parish's book, Resurrection Matters, because I think for those of us in faith communities to think about our spaces differently and to think about the renewal of our congregations by thinking about creation care is, is super important. And then I would recommend that you, you talk to the people who are doing the work talk to the people on the ground and and ask them about their journey ask them about how they got their work started ask them about um the obstacles that they had to overcome um and 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 ask them about the collaborations because none of this work ever gets done alone there and 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 trust me there are so many books i could recommend but but ultimately there there are it's the conversations with the practitioners that really um, that really will bring to light what 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 it takes to do some of this work. That's awesome. Thanks. We'll, well put those in the show fun. notes. Yeah. Yes, please put those in the show notes. And I just wish we had. Well, well what we need to do is to get us all together in a room around a platter of food and and continue these conversations. <laughs> but unfortunately, we have to 
wrap up right now. And so, Derek, I want to thank you on two levels. Thank you for being our, our guest today and for sharing a bit of your experience and wisdom and some real inspiration for um, all of us about how to be more curious and how to, to just look differently in all the spaces where we find ourselves to find sources of hope as we look at land and collaborate and grill and do all the good things. (laughs) So I want to thank you also, uh, Derek Weston, for producing this show as part of the Stories of Food and Faith Project. I want to thank Ryan Lee for our theme song and Jay Sidebotham for the artwork that um, is part of our podcast. Good News Gardens Initiative of the Episcopal Church is our sponsor, so thank you to them. You can find a link with more information about Derek and the Good News Gardens Initiative in the show notes. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up for this episode. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Bishop Jennifer. Thanks, Derek. Um, If you want to connect with us, you can always find us hanging out on the Agrarian Ministries of the Episcopal Church Facebook page, or you can email us at spadespoonsoul at gmail.com. Until next time, we hope that you will find a way to connect your soul to your spade or your spoon, or maybe both. Thanks, everyone.